Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. So remember last week when I said, oh my god, the next time I talk to you guys, I'll be 30. Well, surprise, surprise, I'm not 30 yet. It's currently Tuesday, May 29th. I completely fucked up my schedule. I am going out of town um, Thursday to Saturday. Obviously, this podcast comes out on Sunday. Tomorrow night is my birthday, so I have a dinner. Um, So I'm all fucked up on my schedule. So this, excuse me, this week, this episode, I am going to go through a recap, I think, pretty quickly, and then do kind of a mailbag at the end. I posted on the Emotionally Broken Psychos Facebook page yesterday asking people to give me their thoughts and feelings on the Teen Mom 2 season so far. I'm a little bit of a mess today, just, you know, in life, so... I hope you guys bear with me. Uh, this week, this, oh, and I watched Teen Mom Young and Pregnant, and I liked it, but I just, I don't have time to recap it this week, and I'll give Young and Pregnant thoughts when I'm going through the mailbag. So, let's just go in order, and I'm going to start with Kale. Kale is back from the reunion, and we get a very, very cute scene of Joe dropping off Isaac. He's holding baby Lux. Uh, he has v- is it Vivi? Vivi there with him. The fam's getting along great. And the weirdest thing happens, which is JC, the producer, compliments Kale on how calm she stayed. And JC said that she was very adult. And I'm just so confused. I'm wondering when this adult segment happened because it wasn't what I was watching. (laughs) I wouldn't say Kale behaved like an adult at all. Uh, Dom, Kale's girlfriend, I guess, is there as well. And they all joke that they should change the name of the show from Teen Mom to Adult Mom. What the fuck? Am I... uh, 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 I... I feel wildly confused. If that was calm, Kale, I, I don't know. I, it's, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. She was not calm. And it's just another example of producers saying what they have to say. So Joe is happy that he didn't bring his kids and that Lux is too young to understand, but he just thought the whole reunion was crazy, of course. And JC, uh, we see Joe leave. JC asks Kale about Javi and Bree. And Kale says she's happy as a girlfriend because when he has a girlfriend, he leaves her alone. And that's all she's ever going to say about Kale and Javi, or Kale and Kale and Javi, Javi and Bree again. Uh, which is what I said, I think, last week or two weeks ago on the podcast. I've probably said it both weeks that if I was Kale, I would refuse to ever, ever give MTV any like bait on this. But Kale's like, I'm only going to film with him if it has to do with Lincoln. Like, you're never going to hear me say anything about them again. Which, like, (laughs) 
I don't believe that for one second. Kale is so petty, she can't fucking help herself. And as we see in, like, next week's scenes, the scenes for next week, she's already talking about fighting with Brianna. So, like, yeah. Kale is such a bad liar. (laughs) I don't even think she believes the shit that she says. Kale says stuff for attention. So, Joe's family is throwing a benefit in New Jersey uh, to benefit the victims of Hurricane Maria. Unless, if you guys don't know, Joe is Puerto Rican. I think uh, V is Puerto Rican. Obviously, their families are Puerto Rican, and Isaac is Puerto Rican. So, I totally forgot that they had this benefit. That's when Kale really first started popping up with Dom, who, by the way, everybody, Dom has taken, has gotten, like, at least in the Teen Mom internet fandom, a real Ruby Rose uh appeal no that's not the right reception in that like all these straight girls are releasing their shit over her and i mean i get i guess i get it dom has very nice bone structure she's very good looking but it's funny something about like that type of lesbian when on tv seems like really get straight girls attentions (laughs) not sure exactly what it is but uh, a lot of people pointed out that dom looks just like tyler baltiera which Yeah, I think they do look quite similar. Uh, It's because Tyler's pretty feminine looking. By the way, I'm so worried about recording this right now. My my fucking laptop charger broke and it does this thing. My fucking laptop is a mess where it's like plugged in but not charging. And it also like slows down my computer and makes my computer very weird. I have a new laptop charger coming tomorrow that will hopefully fix this. If not, who knows what I'll do. (laughs) Who really knows? Um, But I'm really worried that this is not going to record right. Hmm. Pressure's on today, guys. Anyway, Dom and Tyler, yes, they look alike. I mean, they do. It's undeniable that they look alike. Do I need to see hundreds of posts on it? Probably not. But I don't know. I think Dom is cute. (sighs) Here's the thing. Kale's such a fucking hypocrite, going on and on about Brianna and Javi and who's around her kids, and she basically already has Dom moved in. Like, the last scene, I know I'm skipping ahead right now, the last scene of this episode is Dom doing, like, the boys' homework with them. Like, okay. Okay, Kale. It doesn't count when it comes to Kale, and we all know that. So, uh, basically, V and... I don't know if they're at Joe. Yeah, I guess they're at Joe's house. Dom and Kale go over to Joe's house and V and Joe are telling them about the benefit. And they're like, look, we want to get this promoted. We want as many people here as possible. Like our families have no homes to go to. It's really bad. The more people, the better. Basically probably called and were like, can you come over and film this so it can get on MTV? Which brilliant. They were doing it was really good. I was really happy for when I was really happy for them when they did it. I thought it was a really good cause. Um, and they mate they they have this exchange where Kale says Daddy Dom is going to be her date, and Joe is like, "Oh, your daddy now," and they're all laughing. But if you guys remember, Dom constantly referred to herself, and Kale referred to her as Daddy Dom all over their social media, and Joe is like, "I feel pretty uncomfortable calling you Daddy." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Kale's gonna go, Daddy Dom's gonna go, they're gonna have a great time. The benefit looked good. I was, I thought they did a good job with it. Um, it is the benefit. Becky haters there, who 
all of a sudden seems to be back in Kale's life. I noticed Kale's friends kind of like come in and out and she's with one friend like every single day. And then we don't see them again for a while, but Becky seems in right now. So they're all getting ready in, I guess, what's a hotel room. And they, they're joking again about Daddy Dom and they met, Kale says something like, Lux doesn't have anyone on his birth certificate as his father, so we all, everybody has to be a daddy. This whole room is a daddy. Oh, man. It was, that's like a dark moment. (laughs) You know, I, I, I know she was joking, but there was just something like, ooh, yikes about it, if you ask me. So... Dom does crack a funny joke where, because Becky, Dom, and Kale are, like, leaning over Lux, smiling at him. And Dom says, it's two and two and a half lesbians and a baby. Because, <laughs> as you guys know, if you guys didn't know, Kale's bi, and Kale's been openly bi for a long time. I think she first came out when she wrote her first book, which was years ago. Like, Kale being bi is nothing new. She cheated on Javi with a girl, I think with one of, I think with Gigi. I can't remember off the top of my head, but with one of Javi's girlfriends, um, she's always been involved with women. I don't know if she's ever before Dom had like a, a relationship publicly with a woman, but Kale is never hidden that she's bi. Um, this is not some new thing that she's deciding to do. Like she didn't just decide to become gay, which I would hope everybody that's listening to my podcast knows that. But I've seen a lot of, like, speculation online, like, Kale's just dating women for attention. Now she's deciding to be a lesbian is actually something I read today, which is so not the case. Kale's always been bi. She just happens to mostly be in relationship with men, which I don't think is that crazy considering she lives in a pretty small town in Delaware. I mean, they live in Dover. It's not, like, small, small town. But she's not, like in a major gay city with access to lots of lesbians. So I don't think it's that crazy that she hasn't had a lot of serious relationships with women. And she's also so very young. I've always said, I'm sure I've said it on this podcast, that I think Kale should be with a woman. I think Kale would do a lot better with a woman. Uh, I really would not be surpri- surprised if she could have successful relationships with women in ways that she can't have them with men. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Kale couldn't have successful relationships with anyone. But when I see Kale long term, like when I see a long term relationship for Kale, like her life partner, I see that as a woman is not a man. And I hope that Kale gets that one day. <laughs> so they go to the benefit. It looks fun. Everybody's dancing. I bet it's Puerto Rican music. Lots of fun. Everybody's drinking. And then we see Kale and Dom driving back from New Jersey and Kale like reaches over Dom's driving. And for a quick second, like I truly thought Kale was fingering Dom. And I was like, whoa. (laughs) I watched this live last night because my schedule's so fucked up. If you guys know, I usually don't watch the episode until much later in the week. I don't like to watch the episode live because I have to take notes while I'm watching and Usually by Monday nights at 9 o'clock, I'm, like, fucking spent. And I like to watch the show earlier in the evening. So, you know, one day after work. This is so boring. Nobody cares. But, I so I'm watching it, and it's, like, close to 10 o'clock, or maybe even after 10 o'clock, because, you know, I was, like, pausing and stuff. 
And I was like, they're going to show Kale fingering Dom? And I, <laughs> no, it was just Kale holding Dom's hand. But I mean, would I have liked for MTV to go there? Yeah, of course. I mean, that would have been classic TV if Kale just started fingering Dom. God, that would have been hilarious. Could you imagine? Could you imagine the internet? Oh, God, I would live for that. I would honestly, I would have to take off work so I could just furiously type on Reddit about how funny it was and how everybody's too uptight. Because <laughs> people would lose their shit. Anyway, Kale gets a text from someone, maybe Joe. I missed who they said the text was from, and saying like, "Hey, is Dom your girlfriend? Is your friend Dom your girlfriend?" Like, I'm not, I wasn't sure I didn't want to ask. And Kale's like, well, I'm not sure how to answer that. And then she asks, I'm like, well, how should I answer it? And Dom kind of gives her like, how do you want to answer it? And so Kale just doesn't answer it. But we as the audience are definitely left to believe that Kale and Dom are girlfriend and girlfriend. Uh, we know now, spoiler, spoiler alert, that Kale apparently hooked up with Javi, like, after after Javi and Brianna fizzled out, which we know happens pretty fast and furiously, that Javi and Kale hooked up, and that's why Wild Dom and Kale were together. Because why wouldn't Kale do that? You know? Why wouldn't she? Um, at this point, though, Kale is, I mean, Dom is basically seems like she's moved into Kale's house and is, like, all on board to be Daddy Dom, which is wildly unhealthy. You know, they're moving way too fast. Kale's kids, Kale's kids can't turn their head without there being a new, uh, like, parental figure in their life. Like, give them a fucking breath, Kale and Javi, but Kale, it just... To me, it's sad. It's sad that Kale has an inability to be single. It's sad that she allows these people to get so close to her kids. Um, I think Kale really suffers from not having a family, unfortunately. Um, I think Kale... I wonder what Kale's life would be like if she had siblings, if she had cousins, if she had a mom or a dad or aunts and uncles... Um, I think Kale is the type of person that lets people essentially move in with her quickly, gets into these relationships quickly, gets these really intense, like, best friendships where they're at her house constantly doing all their errands with her. Like, have you ever noticed that Kale never seems to run errands by herself? Like, I, I mean, I don't have kids, so maybe it's different, but, like, I'm somebody who values running errands by myself. I put in my headphones, I listen to my book, I wander around Walmart, I go to the mall by myself. Well, I do like everything by myself. I like to be alone. But Kale, like, doesn't even go to the grocery store without a friend assisting her. It's very bizarre to me because it's just so the opposite of how I live. And it seems so young. You know, and Kale's not that young anymore. Like, I think the Team Mom 2 girls are turning 27 this year. Because I think they're, like, three years younger than me. They're either turning 26 or 27. They're getting a little old to, like, need their BFF to go grocery shopping with them. I don't know. That's such a side tangent and really doesn't matter that much. But where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, Kale always has these kind of, like, randos, essentially, that, like, seem to come fast and furious into her life. And then they disappear, and I really unfortunately think that's an absence of having a family, and I can't 
totally fault her for that because I can understand why she does it. She's trying to create a chosen family. And I know I just said, like, she's not that young, but at the same time for, like, creating a chosen family, she's still very young. And I think she's really, like, I don't know. Kale's just, like, desperate to have a family is my opinion. And I guess she'll find it. I mean, I hope. I think the thing is, though, that she wants this family desperately but has no idea what a family actually looks like or how they should act in your life and keeps fucking herself over and fucking everybody else around her over trying to get that. I think that's also part of the reason she married Javi because she really, she saw how tight knit Javi's family was. If you guys don't know, Javi's parents lived with them. Um, His mom was like Lincoln's and Isaac's nanny, essentially. Javi still lives with his parents. Uh, His sister is very close with him. And I think that was like a big draw for Kale that, she was so close, like, that she was able to be part of this family. But I think the issue with Kale is that she wants these families, she wants these families, but she doesn't ever feel totally comfortable in them because she's not comfortable with herself, would be my guess. And that's it for Kale this week. Um, I thought it was, I don't know, it was kind of boring after the high of Kale's last two episodes. But I do like them setting up this Dom stuff. I would like to see a lesbian couple on Teen Mom. I don't think we've seen a lesbian couple on Teen Mom before, to my knowledge. Unless I'm leaving someone out. We saw in 16 and Pregnant, but we didn't even see that. Uh, you know, two of the moms from 16 and Pregnant ended up moving in together and lived and were together for like two years, I think. But I don't think we've seen a lesbian couple, so I'm here for it. Is it called a lesbian couple if one of them is bi? I don't know. Because Kayla's not a lesbian. I can't get into it. Okay. Next, we're going to go to Leah. And we're going to go to her after a five-second break. Okay. I have been preaching to you all for how fucking long that Leah needs to put Allie in her fucking helmet i've even walked back a little on the wheelchair you know i've listened i've listened to my critics and i've understood that they really do want Allie to be able to walk for as long as possible and i said you know what i get it that's not my place to judge and i'm not going to judge that i'm going to be the bigger person but you know what i will fucking judge the fact that Allie isn't in her fucking helmet and we saw this week why she needs to be in her helmet i screamed when we watched Allie's little head slam into the corner of the wall and then the floor oh let's all do some deep meditative breathing because i'm not pleased i'm not pleased with leah and Corey. Allie is gonna get hurt she's gonna get seriously hurt they are so lucky that she did not get seriously hurt when she slammed her head into the wall Allie's little bones and muscles are weak she can't be pushed around the same and it's not gracie's fault how would okay first of all even if Corey and leah spent five hours a day talking to grace about how she needs to treat Allie. little kid instincts would still override it i think they were seven when this film they were seven last halloween the reality is a seven-year-old brain you know you can talk to a seven-year-old about what they're supposed to do all day 
but they're kids. A seven-year-old is so young. I'm pretty sure they were in second grade when this was being filmed. Maybe, I think second grade. They're so little still. But of course Gracie pushes Allie around. Why wouldn't she roughhouse with Allie? Because her parents tell her that Allie's different, but treat her normally. This is a lot easier to say online, so I can use quotation marks. But I hope you guys get what I'm saying. So anyway, Halloween's coming. Jeremy wants to spend it with Addie. Um, I hope we all noticed the life-size gun safe that was in... I'm assuming that was probably one of Jeremy's parents' house. I don't think Jeremy owns a house in West Virginia because, you know, he's always on the job. And he has his Lux camper. And he usually, I think he usually stays with either his parents or his grandparents when he's home. And that gun safe was in the middle of their fucking living room. Now, I love a gun safe. I mean, I don't love guns. I'd rather them have no guns. But if you have guns, I'm thrilled to see a gun safe. Here's where my cultural difference comes in. <laughs> I cannot for a life of me imagine having a fucking gun safe next to my fireplace. <laughs> Although maybe it's their biggest room in the house and then it doesn't fit anywhere else. Mm, that's possible. Um, growing up, my dad's gun safe was in our basement. He had a, a decent sized gun safe and it was kept in the basement. I've never seen a gun safe like in a living area, usually there in the garage or uh, my ex-boyfriend's dad had this like entire gun room that was like off a guest room and it had a lock on the door and then it had like a ginormous gun safe that they like built the house around because I don't know. I don't know because his dad thinks like <laughs> his dad's one of those people that thinks like Bill Clinton when they they, might, they probably built this house when like Bill Clinton uh, was first in office, that Bill Clinton was coming to take all his guns. So he like built a house and bought 1 million guns. I don't know. I'm off topic. But anyway, I was like, wow, that's if I if you had to ask me like how I define West Virginia or what I think West Virginia is like, I think I would do it by that gun safe. Like that's what I imagine West Virginia to be like. <laughs> a gun safe in a living room I think that's really it just sums it up um I'm glad to see they had a gun safe though bully for them so Jeremy says that he is going to go trick-or-treating and Leah shows up to the house and they have a weird flirtation where Jeremy Leah jokes around that Jeremy's butt smells like cow poo I don't, it was so weird. I was very uncomfortable. I don't think I've ever talked about anybody's butt smelling weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So Leah has a scene with a friend, Megan, who comes over to discuss the reunion. Leah's like, well, I had a great time with Grace, but the rest of it was a shit show. She said she spent, she felt like she was on the Real Housewives, which like, Okay, I mean, I was thrilled. I have to admit, I was pretty thrilled to hear Real Housewives mentioned. <laughs> but that she spent the whole time hanging out with her housewives to stay away from all y'all's bullshit drama. Which, by the way, they kept showing in the previews and I knew would just be some, like, fucking bullshit. And that she wouldn't be saying that to somebody that actually mattered. Like, no offense, Megan matters. Megan matters in my heart. Megan matters to her family. Megan matters to Leah. But, like, I knew that she wasn't saying that, like, to a cast member. So it's Halloween night. Leah's getting all the girls ready. It's probably great to have a mom that can do makeup because my mom was useless <laughs> on Halloween. 
And basically, the girls are going to be witches. I couldn't understand which ones were witches and which weren't. I don't know. I, I didn't really get it. But Allie and Grace start to fight over a spell book. And Grace pushes Allie. And Allie falls and hits her head on the corner of the wall on the floor. And it was horrifying. <laughs> I, I was horrified, to say the least. You all remember Dr. Tao... Dr. Sal saying that she needs to be in her helmet, that she shouldn't be roughhousing, that she could get seriously hurt, that her getting injured is more serious than other kids getting injured. But, you know, who gives a fuck, right? Who cares? Uh, Corey, oh, so Leah, of course, runs in because Allie's crying. I will say Grace, like, Grace didn't do it on purpose. I mean, maybe she pushed her on purpose, but she didn't do it with intent to hurt her and immediately, like, got down to make sure that Allie was okay. Uh, Leah comes out and starts hollering as she's uh, one to do. And is that phrase as she want, as she's want to do or one to do? Can Can someone let me know? Thanks. You're going to like tag me in this on a Facebook post in six days from now. And I'm going to be like, I have zero idea what you're talking about because I go into a fugue state while I record these, as I've definitely discussed before, that I just like have complete blackouts while I record. And then people like talk to me about things. And I'm like, did I mention that? Mm, Yeah, apparently I did. So Leah's like, I'm going to call your dad. And, okay, look, I've seen some stuff online where people say they thought this was, like, a really good example of co-parenting, which, like, yeah, I'm glad that Corey backed Leah up. I'm glad that they all came to the same conclusion. I'm glad that Gracie ended up behaving. But, like, why does Leah need to call Corey? Why can't Leah just put Corey in the room by herself? Or, excuse me, why can't Leah just put Gracie in the room by herself for time out? Like, why does Corey have to be called? I know Corey is the girl's primary caregiver, but Leah really has no idea how to discipline those girls. None. And you can tell. She's like, okay, do you guys remember, like, four years ago now, probably, before, I think this was definitely before Cole, when Aubrey was having a meltdown somewhere, and Chelsea got her in the car and was like, I'm gonna call Papa! (laughs) (laughs) and then just put Randy on the phone, and then they, like, took Aubrey out for ice cream. (laughs) Classic. Oh, classic. (laughs) Sorry. That scene makes me laugh so hard, because it's, like, that's how I define Chelsea in my head, by her threatening to call Papa. (laughs) So... They come to a conclusion. It's fine. Gracie apologizes and calms down. I hope you guys realize that then a moment later, Addie is dragging Allie like across the floor by her legs. Now, does that seem like a great idea to any of you? Because to me, like, it doesn't seem like a great idea to have a five-year-old gripping hard on Allie's legs. But, you know, what do I, what do I know? So... They go to Halloween, they go to Trick or Treat, it's a cute little scene, and Leah actually brings a wheelchair, one that they apparently have never used before, it's like a non-electric wheelchair. I couldn't help but wonder how long they've had that wheelchair that they've never used. I would speculate for quite a while, would be my guess. Uh, Leah's, like, struggling to put it in her van, I still don't really understand why they don't have a, like, wheelchair-accessible van. I don't get why she doesn't get a minivan that she can't just push the wheelchair up into. 
I mean, yeah, they're a little more expensive, but she has teen mom money. Doesn't make any sense to me. So Jeremy shows up and Allie, of course, refuses to use the wheelchair. Of course, they don't make her use the wheelchair. No one is going to tell me that that is not physically painful for Allie. I refuse to believe that the way that she is walking is not physically painful for her. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe it. Um, And Leah and Jeremy flirt and Leah's like, I just threw this on last minute. <laughs> and I cannot wait for Jeremy and Leah to start hooking up again. I hope it's good. I hope it's a good little scene. Scene. I mean, I hope it's a good couple scenes, although Jeremy already has a new girlfriend. Okay, so we find out from Chelsea over in South Dakota that she has stopped taking birth control. Woohoo! They have ovulation tests and apps, and I guess Aubrey is all in on the baby making plans. I I thought that was weird. Did you guys think that was weird? Like that Aubrey knows that Chelsea's off birth control and is like when she's gonna be ovulating <laughs> and that Cole and Chelsea are like planning when they're gonna have sex. I don't know. I just Kids don't need to know everything, do they? Do kids need to know everything their parents do? It seemed like a lot. The only other thing that ha- happens in Chelsea's scene this week is that <sighs> Chelsea goes with her friend Brittany to see her lawyer. Then they have a little drive-through scene where they go to Starbucks. And we find out that Adam has once again filed to have uh, child support lowered. Chelsea's like, I don't even understand why he does this because every time he does it, he doesn't just show up. And they are going to court anyway to meet about the last name, to have visits changed to the visitation center, and to now, I guess, deal with Adam's child support. And he is 10 grand behind in child support, which I think we already knew. Chelsea is kind of worried about what Adam's parents are going to say, although she's like, I really, it's been over two years, there's been no incidents with them, I don't think they're going to purposely hurt Aubrey or let Adam hurt Aubrey but I'm worried that if she's there he's just gonna show up at their house and just be crazy and Brittany makes a good point like yeah well maybe they won't notice it and I you know I agree I agree with Chelsea I would be worried uh Adam she finds out that Adam says he is trying to start a business which makes her laugh and the actually interesting part is the producer asked Chelsea what she's going to say to Aubrey if Adam goes to jail and she's like to be honest don't really want to think about it until it would actually happen, but I'm going to tell her the truth. She's old enough to know the truth. And I thought that was a surprisingly mature answer for Chelsea. I don't think we usually get them. (laughs) Uh, Randy today was complaining that we like never see Chelsea on the show, but mm, I'm fine with it. (laughs) I'm totally fine with however much Chelsea we got this week. I so vote to vote to I so want to vote Chelsea off the island. Bree's scene opens up with a cute shot of her playing video games in a face mask with Brittany, Nova, and Stella. I don't know. It's just a cute little family bonding moment. Um, I do love, and I think I've commented on this before, that MTV really tries to make it seem like Brianna lives at the beach, <laughs> but they live in Kissimmee, Florida, which is not at the beach. I don't know. It's just a funny, funny thing. So, Brianna and Shirley go to get their nails done, and they discuss the bone situation. And basically, they just recap the situation. Bree doesn't understand why it got out of hand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 
Brie tells Charlie that Javi is coming to see her this weekend and she's really unsure of what she wants with him. She is having a hard time, like, with it because she says Javi's a good boy and she's used to bad boys. Oh, Brie. Oh, Brie. I, I don't, I don't know. I think, and I remember saying this when it first came out that they were dating. I think Brie and Javi could be a really good couple if Javi wasn't, like, such a lunatic and went so fast. (sighs) I think Brie is, like, genuinely considering dating him and thinking that he's a good person. And I'd be really willing to bet that she just gets totally fucking freaked out by him. Which I think anybody would. So, Javi's in Florida. We get a cute scene of Javi, Stella, Nova, and Javi. I already said Javi. But the family minus, like, Brittany and Roxanne going out to, like, a moon balance place. Javi tries to give Stella a little bit of ice cream. And they start laughing because Stella's lactose intolerant, so she can't have it. And Nova and Javi have a cute scene, like, bouncing on the moon balance. Here's the thing. Why are they dating, like, as a family unit? This is my question. Like, Brie wants to find out what's going on with her and Javi. Totally understandable. She's unsure. She's, like, not totally sure she wants to be with him, if he wants to be with her, etc., etc. Well, I guess she knows that he wants to be with her. Well, I don't know. I think she doesn't know because I think she knows that Javi runs his mouth and talks to Kale and says stuff to Kale and says stuff to Brie. And I think she is really doubting, like, the legitimacy of Javi's words. Like, she said to him... In one of the reunion episodes, when she's like, don't start stuff, you can't finish. Maybe that was even the first episode. I don't know. It's already blurring together. But I think what she meant by that is like, I know you're a dreamer. I know you talk a lot of good talk, but like, don't come in here and act like you're my boyfriend unless like you're ready to be my like committed boyfriend. And I think Bree is still very unsure, rightfully, if Javi is being legitimately serious about being her boyfriend. So, if that's the case, why are you going on family dates? Like, her mom and her sister are there. She has a little, a tiny, tiny bit of MTV cash. Can't she have MTV, like, hire a babysitter for her? Like, go and spend the weekend with Javi. I just, there's way too much, like, family, way too much family time. Nova is definitely old enough to understand, like, why Javi is hanging around uh, you know, it's one thing for them to be spending time with Stella, but Nova like, gets that Javi and Brie are dating. There's no way she thinks they're just friends. Like, she's six years old. She gets it. Mm, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that they're, like, already trying to blend their families. You know, it's one thing for Javi to come with the boys, for them to go to Disney World, and it's like a Disneyland vacation. Brittany, Roxanne, like, everybody's there. Like, that is fine. Whatever. The kids have already met each other. Something about, like, the one-on-one with just Brie and Javi and then Brie's kids. It's like, (laughs) Javi's their dad. Javi is ready. And, I mean, we know this because Shirley asked Brie, like, oh, does Javi ask about the girls? And she was like, oh, yeah, every day. And you know this is big for Brie because her baby dads, like, don't even send her a text on her daughter's birthdays. Like, they don't give a fuck about her kids. Their kids. So for a man like Javi to come in and every day he's like, oh, how are the girls? How are you? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, that's like a big deal for Brie. So (sighs) Javi is obviously like trying to be their new dad. 
He's doing exactly what he did with Isaac, where he, like, moved in his daddy right away. And Kale obviously is not learning her lesson. And it's just get to know each other, guys. Start dating. And once you're sure you're going to be in a relationship, then hang out with the kids. I understand it's a little different because you're, like, long-distance dating. But figure it out. Maybe have Bree go to Delaware instead of him coming to Florida. Hmm. I don't know. They're moving way, way, way too quick. Although I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Um, I hope everyone noticed, like, how tall Nova is. She's so tall. She's all legs. She is such a cute little kid. I love Nova. Uh, I did laugh when Javi, like, did a flip in the moon bounce and said he had motion sickness. That was, like, a very dad move. Um, so they just, they're going to go out to dinner, Brie and Javi, and they have to get the girls ready for bed, and Javi changes Stella's diaper. Uh, I've seen this be pretty controversial online. I personally don't see the big deal in it, but I do understand why people think it's inappropriate. Um, it's not that Javi's a stranger. He's known Brianna and family for a very long time, but I don't know. It's just a weird... It's just a little too personal, in my opinion, for supposedly just friends. I don't know. I, for me, it, like, wasn't a huge deal. I didn't really bat an eye about it. But reading people's opinions, like, I do agree that there is a problem with what... I think it's just, like, the all-around too familiar... I don't think Javi would ever molest a child. I think it just goes into the all-around like, too familiar thing that Javi and Brie are already doing. So we see them at, oh, Roxanne and Brittany come in. Brittany and Javi are shooting the shit. Brittany's, like, kind of giving him shit for being on his best behavior. And Roxanne is like, so are you really serious about this? You know, my girl's a good girl. I don't know. Everyone was like, Roxanne was too much in his shit. This is just who Roxanne, Brittany, and Brianna are. And I really, I don't think it's that bad. I don't know why, but they, whatever, for whatever reason, their closeness, like, just doesn't, it just doesn't set it off for me. It doesn't set that thing off for me. I can't really explain why. I just, I don't think it's a huge deal. I do think it's, like, funny that Roxanne kind of thinks that Brianna has just, like, happened to have all shitty boyfriends <laughs> and that she <clears throat> has nothing to do with it, but... I don't know. I think Roxanne and Brittany get too much shit for being involved with Brianna. The reality is they all live together. Roxanne and Brittany raise her children with her. I don't think it's crazy for them to be so involved. There aren't fathers involved in those kids' lives to kind of play like a backup role, you know? Not a backup role, but like a like a watchful eye role. I don't I just for whatever reason I don't mind Roxanne, and I like Brittany. I actually like watching Brianna's scenes, and I know a lot of people don't, but sorry, not sorry. So Javi and Brianna go out for dinner, and they I thought it was kind of interesting that they talked about how, like, the pressure is on them a little bit because they're on TV, and Javi says that he'll tell Brie what's going on, and then he'll tell Kale if she needs to know. <sighs> Javi is such a little... His shit-eating grin when he's talking about Kale to Brianna makes my stomach turn. He's just so gross. And Brie basically says, like, if this is going to be serious, then I need to fix shit with Kale. And I thought 
she was totally right and apparently she tries to next week and it backfires of course uh Bree does say she's too guarded to rush into a relationship that seems a little untrue to me <laughs> I mean her and Lewis like were ready to have a baby the minute they met and they were ready to move in together like four months after they met so I'm not so sure. I think Brianna, like, likes to say she's guarded, but I'm not so sure how guarded she actually is. Okay, and finally on to Janelle. I know a lot of people are about to disagree with me, so if you hate when I bash Barbara, I mean, you might as well fast forward. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. So Barbara and Jace have a picnic and it was like the funniest picnic. Were you guys laughing too? They sat on this tiny ass blanket and Barbara had like a box of pizza. And when she sat down, she like crushed the pizza box. It was so weird. It looked freezing out. (laughs) So obviously done like for the cameras. I don't know. It was just so funny to me. So Jace says he's doing good in school, everything's good, and then we get this scene of Janelle sitting outside in a minivan, I'm guessing a production van, sitting outside of Jace's therapist's office, I'm guessing, and she's like, I'm still really mad at my mom and Nathan from the reunion, but I'm worried about Jace, so I met with his therapist, and I'm like, okay, so why did you really meet with this therapist? (laughs) Did the therapist call you and tell you to come in? I don't think that Janelle voluntarily called the therapist. I don't think she's ever done that. And she calls David to basically recap word for word, at least Janelle's word for word, what the therapist said. Now, mind you, why would Janelle? Guys, here's my thing. I, at this point, truly think MTV needs to fire Janelle if all of her storylines are about child abuse. I don't know how we can sit here and watch a show where the main character, because don't tell me anybody, but Janelle is the main character, all of her storylines are about child abuse. Kaiser, uh, Jace, I mean, we haven't had the Ensley being born, I don't know if they talked, they didn't talk about it on the show, right, with Ensley being born with drugs in her system. I just... How does MTV, like, continue to push this is a little confusing to me. Um, I think Jace is being abused by Janelle, David, and Barbara. Full stop. I think he is getting emotionally and possibly physically abused by all three of them. Um, I see so much blame online for Jace's issues from Janelle. But Barbara has been his primary caregiver his entire life. He spends 90% of the time with Barbara. If you guys truly don't think that Barbara is yelling at Jace exactly how we've seen her yell at Janelle for the last 10 years, I don't know what to tell you because that's how she fucking communicates. Barbara screams. Poor Jace has serious behavioral mental health issues and he's getting screamed at by Barbara. He's probably getting screamed at by Janelle. He's probably getting screamed at by David. And they're all blasting his behavioral issues all over TV. How how in any way does this benefit Jace? And why is there no adult in Jace's life that's like, he needs to come off this fucking show? I mean, like, hate Chelsea. Yeah, of course. I don't like watching her scenes. 
But if Aubrey was having like major mental health issues, I know for a fact that she would not have her on this show. Now, is reality TV explo- exploitative? Wow. Exploitative to, that's not even, I can't fucking say it. I don't know, guys. But is reality TV bad for all children? Absolutely. It's insane that children are allowed to be on reality TV and don't even get me started on YouTube family vlogging. It's insane. But that's the reality in the world that we live in. That children are legally allowed to be on these shows. So, I don't think it's good that Aubrey's on Team Mom. But I don't think it's having like a terrible, terrible, terrible impact on her life in the long run. Jace, on the other hand, is... My heart breaks for him that this episode was on TV. From both his caregivers talking about meltdowns punching holes in the wall. The end when Barbara's just talking about his yelling, basically, about his neighbor or his anger issues on the front lawn for MTV, The Nation, and all their neighbors to hear. Why he's an earshot away. Why is Jay still on this show? And this is how I know Barbara's a piece of shit just as much as Janelle is. No sane person would have their mentally disturbed child on reality television. Like, I need to get a fucking voice note from Princess Jones Curtis, you know, the less annoying Liz Bentley, because I know she would say there is no way she would let a traumatized kid get on reality TV. I mean, she wouldn't let any kid on reality TV, but Princess has, I want to say worked with, but I don't think that's the right word. Princess has welcomed many traumatized children into her home throughout the years, and, you know, I just can't see her putting children on reality TV. I can't see myself putting a traumatized child on reality TV. I was a traumatized child. I had a very dysfunctional family. I had a father that was a lot like Barbara. I'm very lucky that I didn't also have a Janelle in my life. I had a more protective mother. But I can't imagine if my meltdowns, which may not have been as violent outwardly as Jace's were, if my meltdowns that were a result of my mental health issues and the dysfunction that I lived in were put on TV when I was eight fucking years old. I was also in therapy at eight. I can't imagine. I remember how fucking embarrassing it was to me as a child when my mom would discuss my um, learning disabilities and my therapy with like her siblings or like my aunts and uncles on my dad's side. I remember like finding it so deeply embarrassing and shameful And Jace's are on TV. It makes me sick. It truly makes me sick. And you know what? That's not all Janelle's fault because Janelle doesn't even have the power to pull him off the show. Barbara has the power to pull him off the show. Why is Barbara not protecting Jace? And we know why. Because if she pulls Jace off the show, she's not on MTV anymore. And she needs that paycheck just like everybody else does. (sighs) I wasn't expecting to have that rant. That felt really, that felt good. Honestly, sometimes it feels so good to just hop on this mic and rant. So Janelle tells David that the therapist says that she thinks Janelle and Jace need to connect and bond more. And Janelle's like, I'm trying, but my mom gets in the way every time. Sure. Sure, Janelle. Uh, The therapist wants Janelle and Barbara to have a session. Great. Janelle and Barbara have should have been in therapy for the last, I don't know, 25 years together. Um, and then Jace and Janelle will have sessions and then Janelle's like, well, David, we have to stop asking Jace about Barbara, which we already have. But, you know, when we slip up, <laughs> we have to stop uh, asking him if he wants to live here. And 
Like, duh. Duh. But I mean, I guess like it's good. I don't know. Janelle obviously heard what the therapist said and heard it enough to repeat it. Now, do I think she's like truly internalizing anything? No. But at least she hears it in one ear. Uh, the therapist also apparently down the line, and Janelle said like three times, like in the future, down the road, like she was really emphasizing that she didn't want it to happen soon, which I think the therapist must have been really emphasizing it, that um, David, or she wants David and Jace to have a therapy session. And Janelle's like, David would be ecstatic to do that. Ugh. <laughs> Um, Janelle says that Barbara will be jealous if Janelle and Jace have one-on-one sessions or she'll be mad if David and Jace have them. I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. I have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of problems with Barbara, but I think Janelle has Barbara's motivations like totally wrong. I do think that Barbara uses Jace as a tool to like get at Janelle, a hundred percent, but not nearly to the extent that Janelle claims that they do. And not, not, I don't know, not to the point that she would be mad if Janelle and Jace had therapy sessions. I just, I don't see that to be true. David also says something like, yeah, he knows I'll never hurt him, which I saw a lot of people online being like, why would he bring that up? But we know the reason he brought it up because Barbara and Janelle both let us know that Jace told the therapist he was scared of David. I don't mean to laugh, it's just like disgusting that this is on TV. Um, so that's why David brought it up because David knows Jace is scared of him. Probably because Jace sees David abusing Kaiser and possibly Janelle and possibly him too. <sighs> Janelle also says some line that she told, she's like, well, you know, like I told the therapist, you and I, like we know how to co-parent because we co-parent with our exes, but like my mom doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Janelle co-parents? Her co-parent for Kaiser is now Nathan's mother who just filed an emergency custody order. David can't see one of his sons or he sees him very in a very controlled setting. And I think at this point his ex was withholding visitation. And I don't think Marissa's mom is even in the picture. <laughs> Such a mess. So our next scene is a 911 call. Janelle's calling 911 and she's saying, my son called me, he's hysterical, and he's saying my mom is hitting him. I had completely forgotten this happened, which is crazy, but so much has happened that, like, I forgot Janelle called 911 on Barbara. Um, we, we hear the 911 call and then we get to see the next, the next day of Janelle and David going to breakfast. And basically Janelle says, like, Jace called her. He was hysterical. He's screaming. He's crying. Barbara grabs the phone and thought she hung up, but she didn't. And Jace said, I want to go live with mommy. And so Barbara screamed, then you can leave and you fine, go live with her, leave and never come back. Um, Janelle said, tells Jace, like, I sent, I told him I sent help and that he should just tell the truth. And Jace admits that Barbara didn't actually hit her, but like that he's really upset. So Janelle basically says this whole thing happened because Janelle or Barbara is mad at Jace for wanting to live with her and that she's taking that on him. And Janelle's like, well, I got to take my mom back to court. <sighs> okay. 
then I'm going to go through Barbara's side, and then I'm going to give you Liz Bentley's side. <laughs> Obviously, I have the right side. So Kristen pops over to Barbara's house, and Barbara confirms that Jace called Janelle, and that Jace was having a meltdown. He was throwing stuff. He punched a hole in the wall. He was hitting Barbara. She finally chased him into his room. Um, that Barb, like, caught him hiding in the closet, like, calling Janelle. So she told Janelle, like, that uh, he was having a meltdown. Janelle never knew. Uh, Jan oh, wait. Barbara says Janelle's tearing him in half. Okay, so... Police came, Jace told them the truth. Barbara says Janelle is tearing him in half and that Barbara's extremely worried about his future and she just wants to try like hell, you know, to make sure that he grows up properly. So basically, Barbara confirms that Jace was in a meltdown and called Janelle, although Barbara says she like got on the phone and said and said like uh he's just having a meltdown, he's acting out. And she didn't say all this stuff. Well, she, like, doesn't deny it, but she doesn't say, like, that she uh, told JC he can go live with Janelle. Okay. Here's what I am positive happened. Jace had a meltdown. Barbara cannot handle Jace having a meltdown. Barbara starts screaming at Jace on the top of her lungs, much like we've seen Barbara scream at Janelle. Jace flips out even more. He calls Janelle. He calls Janelle because he knows that Janelle's going to take his side and be mad to Meme. And he's mad at Meme. Barbara, I think she didn't. I think she probably said it loud enough when she was on the phone that Jace can go live with Janelle. Of course Barbara said that. You guys, Barbara has been screaming that. You don't want to be here? Fine. Go. Go be with him. How many times has she fucking screamed that at 17-year-old Janelle? Of course. Of course. Or Barbara screamed that. Um, I also think it's possibly a possibility that Barbara was hitting Jace and then told Jace not to tell the truth. I, I'm going to say it. I think it's a possibility. Um, I think Barbara has a very short temper and Jace has very severe ADHD meltdowns. And I don't think Barbara can handle it. Uh, it's just, it's so sad. They're both so fucked up, and uh, I my official stance is, like, Jace needs to be completely, completely off the show. Hey, guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers, Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.